The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, that really stinks. That really, really stinks because VCU's effort in the second half they made it. They, they was was absolutely fantastic. I mean, they they were fighting themselves for most of it, but they really got got down to what the, the kind of things they needed to get down to, and gave themselves a chance right at the end there. But don't talk about you. you I mean, well, we can talk about it, but you know, they didn't. Collins gets that crucial basket after Williams cuts it to one. You can talk about, you know, there's a lot of complaining about the referees, especially given given uh, St. Louis's, you know, all those trips to the foul line in the first half and all that. You know, talk about the end of the game and, and how I wasn't very happy with how they got the, with their possession after Collins got them up three. But that's that's all kind of that's all kind of void because this game was lost in the first twenty minutes today today. That first half was atrocious. It was absolutely atrocious. And I mean everybody, even Vince Williams, who, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he's got 12 points. Got to tell you something. And Vince Williams had a career high tonight, and he and he helped, and, you know, he did his level best, him and Baldwin, to try to bring this team back in the second half. But honest to goodness, I don't want to uh, – Vince Williams, to me, a game where he has – Four rebounds, no assists, one block, and zero steals. And he played every second. That's that's not a game. That's not a game I want to see Vince Williams have. The the the, gen, the genius, the brilliance of Vince Williams is that he does so many things. He time and again when I've watched a ten games this year. They talk about Vince Williams is the only person to do blah, 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 blah in blocks, steals, assists, rebounds. It's not that he's just a great scorer, which he is. He showed that to everyone tonight. He was the only guy to hit a three-pointer in the game for VCU. The rest of the team was 0 for 9 from 3. And most of those were awful shots, by the way. Not all of them, but most of them. But I – but. If Vince Williams is having 26, but he's doing nothing else, this is the result you're going to get. Because Vince Williams' ability is to make it happen for everybody else just as much as he does himself. So he only has 14 points, but he has six assists or seven assists. He's got two steals. He blocks a shot. He gets seven, eight, or nine rebounds. That's the Vince Williams I want to see. I don't want to see what I saw tonight. Even as great as he was at times, even that you know, making you know having a, again a career high twenty six, seven of twelve from the field, you know nine of eleven from the foul line, which you you're not going to turn your nose up at. 
but that's that's not and that and to me that that typifies the problem this team had for 20 minutes these this wasn't a team it was five individuals on both ends of the floor and you're right Bruce Stevenson uh, there's one or two games a year it feels well actually I shouldn't say that you know there's one or two games a year where they get blown out but it's a combination of factors and you and it's not what I saw tonight like what I saw tonight harkens back to where they were at the start of Rhodes's time here where at times they would look like five individuals on both ends of the floor. And it was disastrous when that would happen. Uh, their defense would be terrible. Their offense would look would be pitiful to watch. And you're absolutely right, Frank Hite. Frank Hite, uh, Collins took Ace to school. Yes, he did. No question about it. Baldwin, Baldwin could not keep Collins in front of him most of the night. And in the second half, it got a little better. But even there, he gets he he gets the late he gets that late basket drives in to the lane gets that layup when you had all the momentum in the world and when you know it looked like I mean St Louis was taking on water big time in that second half and it just kills you but there's other things too they trap and trap and trap to try to start to get back in the game but they do it one too many times. And Collins, this is one of his three assists in the second half. Great diagonal pass to who? Jimerson. Now, Jimerson has done did nothing the entire half except this one play. But this, And he played every second, by the way. He only took two shots in the second half after just torching us in the first half. So they did a better job on him after he had, after he had 16 in the half. But the one time they didn't. Too many times trapping. Collins knows where the trap's coming. He sees it. He recognizes it. He sees Jimerson. And Jimerson takes the three and drains it. And that was ouch. That was a severe ouch. Plus a couple other times on these, on these, you know, they get turnovers on the break. And, you know, Jay Nunn was was awful tonight. And he had a, he had a good little period in the second half. Where he drove the lane, drove into the lane three times and made both and made the shots, and that kind of helped a little bit. But then on the two breaks, Jaden, I mean, the, the announcer said it: you got to drive, you got to drive until somebody gets in your way, or it looks like somebody's going to get in your way. And he passes it too early to Ward, and Ward gets a charge. Now, granted, Ward's got to be paying attention, and if he's paying attention, if he's looking. Because he's not, he's only thinking about the basket. If he looks over and goes right back to, to Nunn, it's probably a layup. But then again, Nunn's got Nun's to drive it in there further. And then the next time it happens, he shoots instead of passing when he should have passed. And Nunn took a lot of bad shots tonight, and I was furious. Every one of, I mean, and it's, and it's, and, it, and like a lot of VCU games, it started from minute one. I didn't see it because, of course, the NC State game is running over. But I'm listening to the radio call at home here, and we come, and we start with the doggone walk-on, who barely plays nailing a three, and Jaden Nunn coming down and bricking a three. And I should have known right then. Oh man, we are in trouble here. We are in trouble here because it fired St. Louis up. That got their crowd going. And by the way. In an eight-game winning streak, we talked about 
how in five games they didn't trail at all or barely trailed. Did not lead once tonight. Third, the, the, the game, St. Louis led for 39 minutes and nine seconds. I mean, that's about as close as you can ever get in one of these kind of games. Incredible. And it started from minute one. And that first half was absolutely awful. They were not looking for each other at all. They were not playing any kind of team defense. St. Louis was getting into the plane with abandon. And people were mad about the officiating, and I understand that. There were some fouls that should have been called for VCU that weren't. But there's a reason St. Louis got 15 foul shots in the first half. It's because whenever they wanted to, they were getting in the lane. Collins was mainly the guy doing it, but he wasn't the only one. And so you get, and here's the other thing. St. Louis, unlike a few years ago when they couldn't, they're one of the worst foul shooting teams in America, is now one of the best foul shooting teams in America. So they made VCU pay the piper. I mean, this first half was just dreck. VCU minus five on rebounds, 11 turnovers, 9 of 25 from the field, 1 of 8 from three. Uh, and I don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden, VCU, whose been shot selection has been so good, especially in the back half of this season, all of a sudden we're chucking threes all over the place. What? No, 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 no. That is not how you turn this season around. That is not how you won the last eight games. Attack and, and, and go to the second half. 14-34 to go. You got six fouls on the other team. That means you should be in the double bonus if you know what you're doing by at least the under eight, and you should have a parade to the foul line all night. What happens? St. Louis ends up with more foul shots than VCU. Granted, one of the two of those came at the very end when they're fouling to try, you know, with one second left. But even still, VCU, six fouls on the other team, 14 and a half minutes to go, and you don't even get to the double bonus. And yes, referees had something to do with that too, but you're not attacking the paint. And that is how you're going to be. That is when you're a good team. That is when you're the best. Look, two for nine from three in the second half. 14 to 21 inside the paint area. Damn it! And in a game you lose before points, that is in, that is so annoying I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin with that. It just drives me batty. Well, the three-point defense, I hate to tell you, Cliff Burnett, you're asking about where the three-point defense was in the first half. It was, it was not there the whole game. Because what... St. Louis smart. Let me tell you, they they know that how good it's they even shooting the ball as well as they did in the first half from three. They were four for nine, which is pretty good actually. They only took four threes in the second half. And of course they made two of them. The third one, the second one, an absolute killer. DCU took was one for eight in the first half and two for nine in the second. Eight or nine threes in a whole game? I could just about live with that. Not in a half. Not in a half. Not this team. Sorry. Vince Williams is 3 for 8 and everybody else is 0 for 9. And none taking up, taking some threes in the first half. He'd have been, and that's the other thing. He needed to sit more than he did. Curry 
sat maybe too much in the second half, but I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have blamed him because I thought in the first half he was not good either. And it's just like, you can't do this. You cannot do this. And it just kills us because you know what? Second half, six turnovers. Six turnovers in the second half. You held St. Louis under 40% in the second half. You gave yourself a chance. You did. You gave yourself a chance. And But you sabotaged yourself in the first part. You sabotaged yourself in the first part. And, and so it ends up being these little things at the end. But really, this was about the first 20 minutes. And I'm frustrated because... I can't. I mean, I know they. I know some of the players knew. Maybe all of them did. Maybe maybe only a few of them did. But they must have known what happened in Ohio. Dayton winning that game, getting getting it to getting VCU into position to win this conference, to win a share of the conference championship. And it was the same thing as the St. Bonaventure game. Too fast. No patience. Rushing. 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 And the problem was St. Louis didn't start like St. Bonaventure. So now it's a three seed in a tournament. Some people, and I will say, we'll see how it shakes out. Some people did not want some people did not want VCU to be a number one seed. They thought that side of the bracket was tougher. Well, Davidson will be in that side of the bracket. Dayton will be in our side of the bracket. I will say that if, if VCU could beat Dayton in a semifinal, if it comes to that then that might do more for us than what we think because, again, that could be quad one because Dayton's right near the top 50. So that's something to think about, and I'm just checking to see because usually D1 scores will put out the uh, will put out the seedings pretty quick as soon as, he, as, soon as the games are over, and uh, he hasn't done it yet. But, uh, so we can't, I can't tell you who they're playing in round one yet, but or who they're supposed to play because they're going to play somebody. Uh, they're going to play somebody that's the winner of, and he usually puts it out pretty quick. So I'm just watching for that. So it's a three seed. It means a late game. It means the last game of the session Friday night, and the second game Saturday. As I said, I don't like that because your game doesn't always start on time. You're going to be playing really late. Granted, they've had some late tips this year. That's good. Um, you know, but sometimes, you know, the games, you get a false start and you have to wait and all that. That's tough. Um, I don't know if this is the most – Jason Hutto says it's the most painful loss. It is in the sense that it, everything that was on the line. But the one that hurts – there are two that really hurt worse than this for me. Davidson at home because they were in a winning position and found a way to lose it. Um, and, and, and Connecticut, because they absolutely should have won. All right, A-10 seeds are out. So, VCU is three, is three, which means they will get either Richmond, Rhode Island, or Duquesne. Rhode Island and Duquesne will play each other in the 11-14. That'll be Wednesday night. Richmond will play the winner of that game, and then VCU will play the winner of that. So that is the situation. You know, the other side of the bracket's interesting. Uh, Day Davidson, by the way, Dayton. Dayton gets either GW or UMass. GW could be interesting because they actually beat, uh, I think they actually beat Dayton this year. I think. I might be wrong. Actually, I might be wrong about that. But GW, GW gets, uh, GW UMass will play Dayton. 
Um, I wouldn't say the rematch with Richmond looks inevitable, Christopher White. Remember, Richmond, I think, lost to St. Joe's at this tur- in the tournament last year. I have no idea where Richmond's head is at, to be honest. And I would normally be worried about playing a team VCU beat twice in the regular season, but it's Richmond, so I would assume they're not going to over. They're not going to get overconfident, and they're going to want to stomp a mud hole in them. Davidson will play either Fordham or George Mason. That'll be interesting. Uh, and Dayton will play either GW or UMass, as I said. So there we go. Um, St. Bonas, St. Louis will play either. Uh, will actually will play either St. Joe's or, or Les Al or St. Joe's. St. Louis will play them, and then St. Bonaventure will play the winner of that. So look, never been a three seed before, so nobody can sit here and claim that's cursed. We're playing on the other side of the bracket from from Davidson and St. Bonaventure and St. Louis, so that might be good. A third game with Dayton looms. If we can win one game, that's entirely po- then that's entirely possible what will happen. That is a positive because, again, in the minds of the committee, if it comes down to this, if VCU can beat Dayton on a neutral floor, that could go a long way to wiping out the 30-point loss. Again, whether the committee considers the Vince Williams situation in that game or not, I don't know. Um, I disagree with Jason Hutto. I do think we can beat Richmond a third time because, like, there are certain times VCU is going to get overconfident. I really don't think that's going to be the case with Richmond because it's a rival and because they know what kind of hell they're going to catch if they lose. And they will be out They will be out for blood. Dayton is good to play because, again, nobody in that locker room is going to, nobody in that locker room is going to take Dayton lightly after the way they walloped us in, in Richmond. Uh-uh. It's not going to happen. So I, I, that part I feel good about, honestly. Whether we can beat Dayton or not is another matter because we were so bad in that game that it didn't, to me, that the, the, the Vince Williams excuse is kind of mitigated. Uh, and Dayton's played a lot better. You should have seen, if you didn't see the game with Davidson, you missed a hell of a game. Dayton offensively was absolutely on fire in that game. And, uh, and again, if they're the one seed instead of the three, yeah, they'd be, they'd be having to face up to St. Bonaventure and St. Louis in a semifinal, but Dayton and Davidson would be on the other side of the bracket, and I would have much preferred that. I would have much, much preferred that. I also would have preferred a Fordham Mason quarterfinal. So that's what's that's what's uh, in front of us. Thank goodness we played that we don't have to play till Friday. I think that helps. VCU's got. I, I hope that when they look at this film, they really look at that 20 minutes and spend their time on that. Because, yes, it was a hell of a comeback. To get from set, to get from 21 down in the second half to one in the final minute and have a real chance, and they did have a real chance, is a hell of an effort. But honest to goodness, that first 20 minutes was so out of character and so out of step with what they did previously. And... It, it's not acceptable. It is not acceptable. Get back to sharing the basketball. Get back to working for each other. Get to back to looking for your teammate. Get back to, to, to doing your job on defense. And if you're rotating, getting there. That's the other thing. Couple, two or three times tonight and it hurt them. Guys hedging out, guys hedging out into space. Not onto somebody, but hedging out onto space. Seriously. If you're not hedging onto a man 
flippin' stay there. Bleepin' stay there. Don't freaking go out there into just nothingness. And don't stay and don't do Keyshawn Curry, you did this in the first half. I was very mad because this is unlike you. Don't stand in space and leave the best three-point shooter wide open in the corner. He's standing down there on the baseline guarding nobody. No. Get over there. No way in the world, Jimerson. Because VCU is VCU until tonight. They had Jimerson's number. Think about the game when Bones Highland didn't play. Jimerson couldn't hit the broad side of the Seagull Center that night. And VCU whooped up on SLU without Highland. And they actually may have even been without Williams that night. I can't remember. Yeah, Cliff Burnett, there's no question Richmond's got the potential to be used. They should have won the game at the Robin Center. They had a great opportunity at the Seagull Center, you know, up eight with one minute left in the first half. But this Richmond team has done nothing but disappoint. And, and you know, they could, they could have shown everybody something last night. They could have put the pressure on St. Louis to get above them last night. And that was – that wasn't much against St. Bonaventure. Um, and again, I just don't – I hope VCU doesn't doesn't get overconfident because it's a rival and you should want to beat the holy hell out of your rival every chance you get. But honest to goodness, that, that was five – that first half wasn't a team. It's five individuals, both ends of the floor. Don't want to see that again. Been a few years since we've seen that. Don't want to see it again. Jaden Nunn, you're a heck of a player. In time, you will be as fearsome an offensive scorer, or maybe more so, than 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 like a Vince Williams. But pal, you need to attack the rim. And you need to stop chucking that three-pointer just because you're open and you feel like it. Because it started there. It started on that first possession. One pass and shot goes up. And every and, and that's the thing. No more of that either. If you're going one pass and the shot goes up, it better be a layup or a dunk. Seriously. I'm not having one pass and somebody takes a 20-footer. No. That is not the right way to play. That is not championship basketball. That is not going to get you in this NCAA tournament. It's not. Play for each other. Work hard for each other. Do your job on defense. Rotate when you need to. If you're going to trap or hedge, mean it. None of that stuff we saw today for the first 20, 25 minutes of this game. That That's just, again, with so much on the line, there have been other terrible efforts. The one in St. Bonaventure was, was, was bad in the second half. You know, they they got run out of the building there. That was not good. The one at Dayton was 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 awful. The injury was an excuse, but it was not the only reason. But you rebounded from both of those, and then you come in here with this big winning streak, and you dish that up for twenty minutes. <sighs> Crime in Italy. Uh, I, I just I don't understand. I I don't understand. And again. You know, and, and I think it was you, Cliff Burnett, or somebody just talking about the timeout management. I mean, it was tough. It was tough at the end because Rhodes was out of them. But you need to, you need to take them before you need to take them 
You need to if you have to use them, you have to use them when you're down when you're down and playing bad like that. Because sometimes you just have to reset your team. That last, that end of the half, that last segment was absolutely terrible, and it's and it's really where they lost this game because it wasn't great at the under four, but they still they still could have been within shouting distance at halftime, and you just not you you're not you're not getting you're not calling the timeout to stop it when it's obviously happening and saying, okay, what you're doing, stop it. This is what we need to do. So it was it was not a good coaching performance from him either tonight uh, to leave himself in that situation. Man, I, I'm just disappointed. I, I've, I've resisted the calls about, well, the at-large is out the window. It is pretty hard to see where how to get it from here because you can't – I mean – even if even if they win a semifinal against the Dayton and it's a quad one win, which it might be, it's just not going to be enough. There's too many teams in front of us, and even if they don't deserve to be in front of us, they are. Yeah, Cliff, that was part of it. Um, but I, I gotta say, a lot of that was fouls too. It's hard to be. It's hard for the big guys to be aggressive when they're in foul trouble, and Deloach was in foul trouble. And Ward was in foul trouble. And, of course, the other thing, too, is you can't run any plays for a big guy when the shot's going up 10 seconds into the shot clock because it's the first good shot somebody sees. You know, it would have been nice to run some plays for Stockard. He actually was all right tonight. Didn't do that but once or twice. <sighs> so you get this. You get the situation you got. By the way, I mean everybody was harping on Baldwin, and he he got he got all his points in the second half. One problem, one assist in the second half, and that's the other thing. I we've seen Baldwin not have a lot of points and still control the game. Didn't happen tonight, and they managed to have a good offensive second half with him having one assist. But folks, that's not sustainable either, and we buy and we all know that. And a lot of that was Baldwin, you know, making shots. He was 6-12 in the second half. But I don't want to rely on that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm way happier when Baldwin's getting assists than when he's scoring. And he did have five assists in the first half. Literally the only person in the first half that actually played like he was trying to play for somebody else. Uh, and that's and Doug Hines, that's a fair point. He says, let's face it, our big men don't have any offensive game. They are reactive, not proactive. That's true. What you hope is it's going to develop. It hasn't with Ward yet, and that's worrying. Let's hope it develops with Deloach. He's got a little more on it. Uh, I'll say this again, too. A little bit frustrated that Brown Jones only got six minutes because it wasn't working out there. And Brown Jones has shown you that when it's not working out there, he can go in and change it. Uh, so not I, I, I wasn't happy with that today. I will say Nick Kern off the bench. Again, this is the other thing. Nunn and Curry playing like they were. Nick Kern should have got eight more should have got more than eight minutes tonight, in my opinion. Nick Kern, I wanted to see him more today. So because he I thought he was doing all right when he was out there. So that's it. That's all. Friday night, we got the game. We got the last game. That's good, and it's good because I'll be working Friday night, but surely I'll be home by then. I'll be able to watch the game with everybody. That's what I'm looking forward to. 
And let's you know, let's do it. Let's go and win three games in Washington D.C. Let's pack that place out, VCU fans. I know it's been tough, but let's get up there. Let like, get up there, and I wish I could be up there with you. Get on up, get on up that road. Two and a half hours, two hours, whatever. Get on that metro stop at Franconia Springfield because that's only about an hour and twenty minutes away. If the if the if the uh, traffic isn't bad. Get on up there and support this team. Fill that place with black and gold because we're going to need it to get these guys home because it's a tough road. It's a tough road. You know, you're talking likely Dayton in the semifinal and Davidson, Davidson St. Bon- Davidson St. Bonaventure or St. Louis in the final. And that's that's a rough road. There ain't no two ways about it. And this team can do it. This team can do it. And look, you know, as, as season-ending losses go, and you know what I'm going to say because I've referenced it before, this, this wasn't as bad as what happened to Davidson in 2015, and they turned around and won the championship. That one came up in my memories today, in a matter of fact, that Facebook was the way they got absolutely boat raced down there in the Belk Arena. And then one, eight days later, they walloped Davidson in the semifinal and won the tournament. So you know what? Let's do it again. Let's bounce back from a, game, a, a regular season-ending defeat and go win this tournament and get in the tournament and not have to, you know, face face the music with the with the with the committee and the at larges. So I want to thank everybody in the game thread who did a wonderful job again. Beast you good and bad and the ugly. Uh, you gotta be in there with the game thread with us. It's fun. It's fun when we're in there. Um Lady Nollins, I didn't shout them out early in this pod, and I apologize, but Lady Nollins, our good friends, our sponsors. Visit them, patronize them, send them your business. Might want to have a drink or two or three or six tonight after this game with your dinner to get over this one. Might need some dessert. Comfort eating is always good. Comfort eating is always good. So we'll see about a tournament preview. That's in my mind, but I have to uh, I have to um, powwow with, with the person that helps me with this to see if they want to do that. That preview would probably come out Wednesday, I think, if it's going to happen, Wednesday or Thursday. And then I'll see you guys Friday night for what it was hopefully the first of the first of three wins in a row in this tournament to get this team to the NCAAs. Thank you all for the comments. Appreciate it. Thank you all out there in podcast for listening. Uh, talk to you next time. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.